What's well, being recorded now? Oh, it's fine. Okay. It's coming up. One, two, three. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is again. <laughs> is that coupling? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sandra, hello. What are you doing? <laughs> Good. Um, well, today I decided to chill. Um, and I decided just to to chill, cooking the entire day, and taking a break after the last call we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you make me to think about. Okay, the chair exercise, right? So, I made you do something. <laughs> well, you told me actually. <laughs> today, <laughs> today I wake up and I sit down and I was like, "What I okay? I, what I want to do?" So I decide to okay. It took it took a while, and then I was like, okay. I want to cook, and then. I want to cook for who? And then all this, you know, thinking. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to chill today and I'm going to enjoy uh, and meditate by cooking some, well, baking and then <laughs> preparing dinner. And I spent my entire day doing that. It was good. Why different than what I usually do. <laughs> <laughs> it was a beautiful dinner. Wonderful dessert. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was really good it, it was good it was good yeah it was spaghetti with uh seafood and asparagus mm-hmm. and a great salad delicious salad with carrots yeah and um a beautiful bread at the end <laughs> and potato chips homemade potato chips it was quite wonderful <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's, he's thinking something <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've had food before. <laughs> I have eaten. Been there, done that, they say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the effort that makes it special and the mindfulness. Oh. Yeah. And the consciousness. There is uh, an actual a tradition in India, uh, that this is in Brahmin households. I know I lived in a Brahmin household, so I know this, that I have actually seen cooks getting fired while being angry and cooking food. Oh, wow. And they got fired for being angry while they were cooking the food because that anger, they, you know, this is the mentality of the Indians. Actually, I would tend to believe it, that she may spit on it if she's angry. You know, you don't know what's going to happen in the mind of someone who is angry, but it does have to do with when we're paying attention to what we're doing, generally the food tastes better than if we're careful. If we're really careful about the way that we cook, it doesn't come out nearly as good as if we're having a ball while we're cooking. Oh, that's actually true. When I'm happy, I cook way better than when I'm tired or stressed out. Or yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. That's so true. that's a very interesting question. 
because <laughs> I'm sure that there's an answer. And this information, by the way, is well known. I mean, you're demonstrating it about how deep this no is knowledge is known in India. But the curries have to be cooked by a cook who knows how to do it. And getting his emotional straight self straightened out is part of the process of being a good uh, cook. Oh, huh. And we don't quite know how that works yet. But there is something else. I think, Robert, there's another one that I would like to introduce to you. And that is, is that have you ever heard me talk or in other places where various notes and keys that music is in will set the key itself will set the tone for the music. So if you really want something dark and remorse, you do it in B minor. And that kind of thing. Or F sharp minor is really a weird key, like the Black Key Mazurka or, um, in fact, Moonlight Sonata. Bom, 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 bom. You know, that very famous piece is remorse yeah. and all of that. Guess what? It's in the key of C sharp minor. Mm. One uh -huh. of the weird keys. Mm. And so the question is, why is that? And then it began to dawn on me that there is actually a physical reason for it. Now, I don't want to go into too much of the science, but what it basically is, is um, that most in the beginning were when were uh, string instruments and they have this uh, issue, too. But it's most obvious in brass and woodwinds. And that is, is that there is a natural key for the instrument. And the further you have to finger things to get out of that key into the other notes that are far from that key, then the more piping in a, in a trumpet or a tuba and all of that. Plus, there's an additional thing. And that is, is that the size of the tubing is part of the issue of, uh, in other words, you would not have a good tuba if it were all the same size piping as you have in a trumpet. No tubas get really big so that they can resonate correctly, right? And so that means that the little piping on a trumpet is actually smaller than the little piping in, say, a baritone or a French horn or going down to a tuba. It's the same issue, and that is the second valve has to make an immediate U-turn in order to get back into the valve so that it'll operate. And huh. that the second valve is extremely difficult to tune. But in fact, many trumpets, the cheaper ones, they don't even bother to give you a way to tune it at all because they're so difficult to tune. So they'll take a best guess. That's not true about the third or the first valve. And so that's always better to be in tune with. The third valve then makes it even more difficult because now it's got to be looped around something because it's now it's too big to do the easy back and forth. Plus, also, it's hard to tune because the third valve is even further away from the natural sound of the instrument when it's open. Oh. Right. You see where this is going? So that means that the darkness <laughs> comes from the machine itself, not psychological hmm. because oh. i am absolutely not going to put magic into any of this there's got to be actual reasons and i think that i basically figured part of it out with, with the musical instruments and the and the 
the reasoning with there. So now the next one is let's figure out why good moods within the cook's mind wind up better having better food. And can we test that? And the psychological mind state of being angry or frustrated, banging your tools around and slopping and being angry and all of that kind of stuff. <laughs> Why does the food not taste good then? Is it really the banging and slopping around or is it in fact something in the mind? Isn't that an interesting question? I like little questions like this. <laughs> <laughs> Which came first, the chicken or the egg? The answer, by the way, on that one is really clear and it's obvious, of course, the egg came first. Why? Because the egg that gave rise to the first chicken came from an almost chicken. Yep. I've thought about that in philosophy class. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a, why do the kids have to work on that one? That was so easy. I worked that one out when I was about six years old. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know, or, you know, Plato, you know, or, or Aristotle would argue that the form of the chicken is what gave rise to the chicken, right? There's a certain chickenness that exists, and it is that chickenness that gave rise to the chicken, not the egg. The Actually, that's not even correct. That what he is calling chicken and chickenness are just labels that humans are putting on a bird we otherwise don't know much anything about. And it's none of our business anyway. We're right. just so curious about things and then we think we know something. Sure. There is no such thing as chickenness. <laughs> right, which is the critique of Until play. you see it in some of the students. <laughs> 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 but then we've changed the whole context <laughs> but yes the whole quality or concept of chicken is merely a concept in the human mind sure you know, it's funny. you know plato argued that this whole separate world you know of blueness and chickenness and you know, wisdom and the good, you know, and these are the, the forms, you know, which mm -hmm. can be accessed through philosophy, the realm of ideas, right? And um, But they're not the forms then. The forms are the actual reality, the actual tree. The tree I hate so much because I fell out of, you know, that kind of mentality. But the tree is a tree, and it's a different tree for everybody who sees that tree. Right, and the, criti the critique of Plato is that there's no evidence for the realm of the forms. You know, and <laughs> you know, there's no evidence for that at all. And Aristotle, I'll give him a tree to fall out of, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the tree he needs to see is the roots of the one who consumed his corpse. <laughs> <laughs> but then he didn't have your chance to comment on. Wait a minute, here, folks, there is something to this form that is real. Reality is real, and scientists have been measuring it the best they can because it's the human perception and, and sight and whatnot that is uh, the error in the observation. In all cases. Sure, and it continually perfects, you know, uh -huh. as the tree changes over time, 
Mm -hmm. you, you know those machines that cut pieces of wood and, and, and make things like that? Let us say that at this particular cut, they're always cutting one inch off, right. making it one inch shorter, whatever like that. Guess what? Not one of them is up to the scratch of whatever an actual inch is, is kept at the Bureau of Standards, or occasionally it might be. But it's going to be a hair or a half a hair off, back and forth, up and down. In fact, there is a, uh, we've been knowing about this for centuries. If you have a, uh, a piece of wood that you're going to make six copies of, you have to make five copies from that one. Oh, wow. But, but if you take one and make a copy of it and then take the copy and make the next one off of that copy and then take that copy and use that to make another copy, by the time you made five copies, you might be one way or the other way off. Right. Which is exactly what gossip is. The further down the line it goes, the worse it goes. This is also a game called telephone or Chinese telephone. You know, you gossip at one child's ear and then he repeats it into somebody else's ear. And after three or four, they open it up and everybody tells what they heard. And it's always really different by the time it's four or five down. Right. It'd be interesting to read the original Bible, you know, from <laughs> a thousand years ago or two thousand. Was there? No, wait a minute. The question is, why are you asking about an original Bible? Okay. Was there ever such a thing as an original Bible? Um, I would say no, because they probably added, you know, stuff and took stuff out. Right, exactly. And not only that, but they merged and collected and which one's the older. They actually say that's the book of Job that winds up being the actual oldest piece of literature. Where really? God is playing dice with you know, Job's yeah. soul. I would actually guess it was the Noah's Ark story, if I had to guess, given that there are so many stories of a great flood from from those oh, okay days. but you all got to see that they got that story of the flood after they got to babylon where they learned about it hmm. but that was that was part of the stuff that was added to the bible later hmm. interesting <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah yeah, the Bible's been one of my toys. I've had that toy for my whole life. In fact, I use that toy as a weapon when I went to church <laughs> when I, as a kid. <laughs> yeah, it's a toy that's been used far too often as a weapon, you know, for sure. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, you know, your point about the sloshing, you know, say cooking when you're angry versus cooking when you're happy. Um, you know, I think uh, the... Um, to return to the music example, you mentioned that the sharpness entered when it was furthest away from the machine, right? So I'm sorry, say that you, again. You mentioned that the sharpness in the tone entered when the instrument was furthest away from the machine. Machine, the uh, the the uh, noise, correct? That's not the correct way to put it. Um, like the sharpness of the tone coming out of the uh -huh. the instrument was most coming out of what the sharpness of the musical instrument oh in the okay the, i got you i'm i'm on key now <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah that that was the case when it was farthest away from the instrument itself or from whatever was striking the note correct so the further um, in a way, yes, but you're thinking about a musical tone from a particular musical instrument that sounds like that instrument does. It's not one tone. 
that a cello and an oboe and a trombone can all play the same note at the same time or one after another, and they are playing exactly the same note, but you know the difference between them. Why is that? I don't know. Well, that was what I studied in college. That was one of my pet projects. Hmm. And what is tonality find? and overtones and this overtone series and and uh, do you know what is a bugle? A bugle is basically a um, a, <clears throat> a trumpet without any valves. Sure. And yet, listen to all the music can that come out of a trumpet, because the embouchure creates the overtone that you're going to be playing. All of that played just with uh, with the embouchure. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, we had a little funny thing oh, happen. That's we have to show you this. Yeah, so so Rocky, Rocky yeah, so Rocky went over and jumped on on his mom, and it and he and he was dirty, so no, it created he's so dirty. <laughs> and, and and Rocky and Rocky jumped on whom? Rocky got something blue. Oh, he's been in the ink. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he got it all. Well, he's wow yeah. with that color. He's ready to join the Paw Patrol. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it got all over Sandra. <laughs> Rocky, oh, bless you. Bless you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sandra, welcome back. Thank you. So, <laughs> Other than talking about cooking and the psychological, emotional reactions that we have to that and comparing it is why do some musics in some keys sound better than others? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Like, it's like it's news. So, so do you want to share with uh, Dom Morata? No, you do. <laughs> Me do? <laughs> no, go ahead. No, you do. Okay, fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so Sandra and I decided that we'd like to have a kid sometime <laughs> in the next two years. Well, you told me that this morning, and I said, hip, hip, hooray, and congratulations for that one. I mean, we have a human race here to perpetuate, and it would be good to have well-bred, knowledgeable children who know how to be happy around around their friends. Yes, that's true. That would be great mm -hmm. to learn the, uh, the Dhamma. The Dhamma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, that, that, that's what we need. We need more Dhamma. That, in <laughs> no. fact, what I just said is the standard line of the Catholic Church. Only they make rules. <laughs> I say have fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. They make rules. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, no abortions, no birth control. And that's because they took over... Uh, medical science oh really? So say it, yeah well think about it now 
uh, in modern times, and this happened, start, it was actually a revolution that happened in the 1960s with medicines. And that since then, they have gotten better and better, but they started with birth control, and that was an outrage. Oh, wow. And, and then IUDs and bisectomies, as well as biotics getting better and better. And now they have morning after pills. Oh, yeah. They, they have, they have a, a pills that will abort a fetus if you take them correctly. There is also biological uh, issues in the sense of um, the medicines that uh, will cure or help um, control uh, STDs, that's the word, sexual transmitted diseases, okay? Uh, An example of that is is that HIV was uh, a rampage in the 1980s. Oh, and it was blamed on the gay community because they were the most susceptible to it and spread it quickly. But then it got into the larger um, population. And so Uh then researchers became curious about what's going on here and they've come up with stuff so that it's completely controllable now. And as it now is completely controllable, which means that someone can catch HIV and they're not going to die from it. Oh. They're going to be able to take the medication for the rest of their life. It might be a thousand dollars a year, but there is a cure, not a cure, but a remedy. Now that's true in all cases. In fact, it started in the 1950s with penicillin. Before that, there was nothing that there could be done. My dad tells the story about a man coming off of the, uh, the ship coming out of World War II. He was in the band playing for them. And more than one man coming off that ship was carrying their testicles in a wheelbarrow because it was too painful to walk otherwise because they had swollen so much and there was no medications for this. By the way, it's called gonorrhea. Oh, wow. Really? And now now it's completely curable by taking a shot or two. Wow, that's crazy. Interesting. The same thing is true with things like tuberculosis, but that didn't have a social, uh, uh, sexual uh, connotation to it. So what happened at one time way back in history is is there was no medical cure for uh, any of the issues of sexuality. Yeah. There was nothing. That meant that the religious were able to take control of it and try to control it with morality, not making rules. Oh, wow. And so the rules are still in force in our society, but medicine is beginning to take back that which belongs to it. Huh. And the joke is, is that, okay, so they do have new abortion laws that prevent abortion clinics from being open in the state of Texas. But there's trucks driving around Dallas handing out abortion pills to anybody who wants them. They're available on the Internet. And so uh, Texas had to uh, ban a law to say, no, you cannot get uh, mail order abortion pills. Oh, I didn't know you can buy uh, abortion pills on the Internet. Well, you haven't needed one and you don't want one. So why would you be caring about that kind of stuff? Oh, no, I, I don't want it. <laughs> but, but I know. 
But it's great. I would, I would, in fact, be surprised if you did know all about what I'm talking about. <laughs> but as you can tell by my age and condition, I've got other interests other than immediate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, sure. but yes, that's, that's the whole case is let all of that stuff be medical and psychological rather than religious and rule-based. If we can live our lives wisely, we can pay attention to what medical science is talking about. If we live wisely, we can see that all of these rules about what's supposed to be and what's not supposed to be actually have influenced society greatly, including the laws of the land. I take it back, it was you this morning that we were joking about why is uh, the U.S. having, um, let us, for instance, say in the IRS, why is getting married and having a joint tax return even thought about or possible unless marriage is being promoted by the U.S. government? (laughs) And, And why would the U.S. government promote marriage? <clears throat> because that's an old Christian stick, and they normally run the place. They have for centuries now, uh-huh. and they're beginning to lose control, and they're really freaking out about losing control. Cool. That's good to know. Sure. That so, makes sense. So you're mentioning, you know, you mentioned this to me earlier today um, about how you know, having having kids is doing your duty to the Dhamma. You know, mm-hmm. elaborate on that. Uh, well, first off, it's natural enough. <laughs> Second off, look at the feelings and where they come from. That, in fact, if uh, Mother Nature, for whatever reason, had developed a species that got no pleasure in sex, how many generations would that species last? Not many. Not many, because nobody cares, nobody does anything. Okay. However, the human mind knows that we're not going to be able to convince entire societies that there are going to be kids, but all of those kids are going to be raised in an ordinary way full of bad feelings. But we can raise a child in the way he should go by teaching the child to open his eyes and see for himself what's going on and congratulate him when he does. And tease him when he doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we will call you. So that's the whole point of the Dhamma anyway, because in fact, what I just said about how to raise a child is exactly how we practice Anapanasati. That's the way that we do it. We teach the child inside to look at what you're doing and see how things are going and stop listening to the old tapes that we've been playing about shoulds and woulds and coulds that came out of some religious uh, situation because they had no control over any medical science until basically in my lifetime. And now medical science can take back what that which belongs to it, but it never was able to manage in the first place. 
So we can teach our children that, that we can teach them science and medical science rather than superstitions out of the past in all cases. Well, that's good. An example of that is all Kitty knows about Christmas is the Santa hat that she caught. Kitty's his daughter. Oh, Kitty. I like the name. Yeah, Yeah, it's a cute name. Yeah, these these Santa hats are worn by the clerks at the department stores and whatnot, like Tesco and (laughs) uh, during the Christians uh, Christmas season. That's the uh, Thai nod in the direction of. And then, I mean, all I have to do is have a red hat here and there to get a day off. (laughs) 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 So uh, if we treat things that are in our society very heavy, I mean, think about it. This guy waiting outside in the cold in a great big crowd of people he's ready to rush into the store as soon as they open the doors and all of a sudden he wakes up and he says why am i here <laughs> why why is christmas a special day and he turns around and walks away and he explains it to others and within five minutes there's nobody standing in front of that door at walmart just as walmart opens the door there's nobody there on black friday because everybody woke up why are we here <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But guess what? Walmart's the winner on that one because they are not. Not one of them is going to wake up. In fact, the ones who are already awake, they're not in that crowd. (laughs) So, So kind of the idea then is, you know, if one is woken up, you know, in some sense, you know, to the true nature of reality and whatnot, you know, then, you know, if you're having a family and that is the ethic of the family, that is doing the duty of the Dhamma by essentially spreading the Dhamma through family. Right. And with fact, spread through the world. The answer to the Buddha's question or the Buddha was asked a question, and that is, why do you teach? And what was his answer? I teach for the benefit and the welfare of future generations. You and I are now the beneficiary that the Buddha had in mind. Yeah, absolutely. And don't let me tear up or anything because this is so beautiful as that it's also our obligation to have a future generation that we can share this with. And I think that's what Elon Musk is really worried about. He's worried about, are we even going to get a chance to have future generations? While he's working very hard to make sure that AI is coming as fast as it can in order to uh, take over basically uh, um, uh, the climate change. But humanity is going to suffer a different kind of way. They're going to have an internal climate change when there's no more jobs. And our whole society is based upon the fact if you don't work, you don't eat. And so then in your guy's lifetime, maybe I'll be dead, but but in your guy's lifetime, there's going to be a huge amount of turmoil in that uh, transition out of the society's thinking that everyone's got a, uh, you know, every man for himself, which is the very Western mentality back into, hey, we've really got to work together on this. We've got to do this together. 
but all the oil barons, they're not interested in doing it together. They're interested in how much money they can make. <laughs> and on it goes right down through our entire society. And in fact, what we need is we need a few people who have enough time to teach others to take time. Or actually, uh, that's the way to say it. Uh, but uh, I had a student once who says, uh, when I told him about a video, he says, I'll have to make time. And I told him, I don't make time. It's already naturally here. But I spend it. That's all I do because I'm wealthy with time right now. I might go broke someday, but <laughs> I can handle that. <laughs> I'll run out of time. But while I have it, let's spend it wisely and happily. Rather than thinking that we've got to make it because we have no time because of why we were taught to think like that when we were children from our society. So the more you do, the more benefit you'll get. Guess what? You don't get any benefit much out of living a, a hectic life. I wish I knew that when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> uh, forget the past. Know it now. Let it sink in and start to enjoy moment by moment. This is good enough. Absolutely. That sounds good. <laughs> this is good enough. We do not have to work so hard to enjoy right now. Let right now be its own reward. Oh, okay. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> enjoy. enjoy. All right, exactly. Five yeah. Of silence. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Jita, how's the chair thing going? Yeah. Um, I need to to actually breathe. But wait, give me one second. One second. All right, because cool. he, he's, you know, just being really sad today. Oh, okay. No worries. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, we understand. Scatterbrained is scatterbrained. <laughs> he's worried about Bowie. He's um he he was I know she's in the habit of worry. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> more, it's good. It's just relax. <laughs> okay, just put him here. Okay. Okay. Oh boy. Right, he's here. <laughs> Everyone's here. No, the family is complete. Mm -hmm. to talk to you. <laughs> 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 I know, Tamarata, what you were thinking. <laughs> oh, tell me, what was I thinking? I forgot. <laughs> I forgot too. <laughs> Pardon? 
Yeah. I forgot too. I don't know. Yeah, you forgot. All right. That's right. Just forget about it. I mean, the best thing that ever came out of North, uh, New York's mafia, Italian mafia coming out of New York, was their little phrase, oh, forget about it. <laughs> forget about it. Yeah, forget about it. Yeah, forget about it. <laughs> That's like important. Yeah. <laughs> that was the past. <laughs> 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 I'm making progress, making progress. Only for making progress. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's finish, uh, Sandra, today. I think that we've gotten pointed in the right direction here, and we'll continue on later and talk about worry. <laughs> but, right, but right now, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I need to work on that. And you are right about it. And uh -huh. I know. <laughs> it's got a whole lot of words to it that really is beautiful. One of them that I like a lot is what aboutism? Oh. What about this? What about that? What could go wrong? What needs to be done? I got to go take care of the dogs. <laughs> I'm having too much fun. Something's awry. I got to go fix it. Okay, so that's what I'm talking about. That which we just talked about just a minute ago. There you went. I saw it. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, yes, you're right. <laughs> but why you worry? Why you feel like why people worry? Or why we worry? They were taught to worry. Oh. By the parents who worried. <laughs> and we generally not only are taught how to worry, but what to worry about. And so we wind up as adults worrying about what our parents worried about or whoever was the most worried. We worry about that. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's called learned behavior. And when we pay attention to it, we realize, hey, I don't have to think the old thoughts. I don't have to tell the old stories. I can tell a brand new story. No, well, yes, I think you might be right. You're right. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, yeah. Uh, I used to worry a lot when I was little because she had to work a lot. So, yeah. Okay. Well, right now, let's not worry about it. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> uh, I learned something new today. Okay. Sandra, <laughs> I will catch you later. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Yes, this has been brilliant. I really enjoy it. Okay. See you later. I'm going to cut the video off and we'll talk okay. about something else. Bye. Right. Bye, bye. Bye bye. Good night, everyone.